Hail and well met, listeners. I'm your Dungeon Master, Nick, broadcasting live from the Underdark. We've brought several brave souls down here under completely normal circumstances to compete for the right to see the sun again. <laughs> Ugh, get that mic out of my face. I'm fighting a mushroom right now. I'm Declan fucking Quinn. To be honest, we don't know how many are going to make it. So a tune right in every other week for Mirth, Sin, and Fire Season 1 against the Underdark. In our last episode, the group had just encountered a massive cavern strewn with strands of giant spider silk. To go forward, risk encountering giant spiders or perhaps even the enslaving drow. Upon reviewing their few options, the group decided to forge ahead through the webbed cavern. Declan is sent ahead to scout. After getting a measure of the chasm, he encounters two goblins. The wily creatures offer to show Declan and the rest of the group a path to the nearest settlement, the dwarven city of Grakostug. After taking some time to learn the goblins' technique of sliding along the strands of spider silk on oiled feet, the group has a collective flashback regarding how they gained the plans to the most amazing door ever found in a mausoleum. So as we travel the webways and across land to get to the Durgar city, are we going to get a chance for at least one long rest? Most certainly. Okay. Do you think she cared of any of those in place of lesser restoration? Because she's a bard, so when she levels up, she can change out one of them. Those are all really good spells for bringing to hand. Right? Yeah. It's it's about decision making. My decisions are very are made for me practically. Yeah. <laughs> does, does it fire? Does, <laughs> is there burning? Is there burning? Because it got to be. There's no burning. Fuck this. Yeah. So let's get you to the city. Okay. Get in there. Do I have castanets? I don't remember discussing them at the beginning. But I don't think you ever told me about a trinket. Well, her trinket is her snake rapier. Oh. Um, no, but, like, she's a bard, and she has, like, three instruments she can be proficient in, and I chose violin, cast nets, and, and the organ. We... The organ's pretty good. Mm-hmm. We can probably find you something that will serve for castanets as we travel. Okay. Just normal look out for castanets and a violin. I'll, I'll pass on the organ for now. If you can play those both at the same time, you're good. <laughs> I don't think you can, but it's possible. It's like pinkies. How oh god, that'd be that'd be rough as crap. You, yeah, you can't do that. Because it, it, it all it'll all be your bow hand because you couldn't. Yeah. How toes. opposable are your toes? She dances. She's like Lindsay Sterling, but evil, not evil. <laughs> Almost evil. Close, uh, evil adjacent. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. So, uh, guess what? What? There's what? some boxed text I get to read. Woo! Mm. city. I should probably tell you how the NPCs are all feeling along this journey and what they've been kind of engaging the moods of the party. Bobby Doe has been rather excited that you're getting closer to Grapple Stoop. He's not very, he's not partial to the idea of approaching it by land. As he says, you'll probably have to go through some gates, but he, you're going to Grakostuk, so he's happy. Are you wanted? Um, what? Are, are you wanted in the me? city? Yes. No, nobody wants me. But are you like a criminal there? 
every every one of my kind is a criminal. In the city? To the city. Yep. The city thinks that you guys are all criminals. They treat us like them. Oh. Oh, so this is a city of dwarves, not Dwergar. No, this is a city of Dwergar. Dwergar are the, the great dwarves. Well, why are we make, expecting him to make any more sense now than he ever has? <laughs> carry on my yeah. wayward son. Yep. Oh, carry on. Sorry. Darren is just happy to be around, but does not like traveling. He just complains all the time. He doesn't really understand the implications that you're going to a dwarven city other than, Oh, it's going to be dirty. I can't believe we're going here. Oh, after he got a long rest, does he look any better? Yes. Okay. He's looking much better after the long rest. Okay, good. After a couple long rests, I should say. <laughs> yeah, he still bears, like, it's, it's hard to tell because he's covered in fur. But you can tell there are, like, lines in his fur of gray, streaks of gray in his fur. And those are not going away with the long rests? No, those have not. Shoot. Topsy and Turvy are silent and don't really tell you much, you know, about their feelings. Chimjar kind of... But they're getting antsy. They're getting more and more antsy with each passing day. You see them whispering to each other apart from the party. They don't eat much at meals, and they tend to sleep away from the party. Eldith isn't too thrilled that you're going to a place with gray dwarves. They're not her best of friends, but at least it's a place with forges and maybe some surface dwellers, so she's hoping she runs into maybe a patrol of the other shield dwarves so that she can return to with a group and give a report on what <coughs> happened to her uh, old patrol. Jimjar is just happy-go-lucky as ever. He's excited to be getting back to a populated area where somebody will actually know how to play a decent game of cards or dice or dragon bone chess. Anything, really. And the two goblins, Yuck Yuck and Spiderbait, they've never been to Gracklesuk. They've always been traveling in between. They've always lived on the webs or in the tunnels around the Dark Lake. They've never been as far as Gracklesuk. They're they're kind of excited, especially when Buffido will tell them terrifying stories about the criminals there or how dangerous the city can be. I'm gonna pull Jinjar aside at some point. Hey, um, the other two. The other two gnomes, they haven't, they've been acting a little odd lately. Do you have any insight on that? You know, I've, I've noticed that myself. They're behaving very weirdly. But I haven't been able to get a peep out of them about it. I will tell you this. I'll bet you they're, they're planning to run away soon. Hmm. I've seen them hoarding bits of food, eating half their rations. Hmm. I get the feeling that before we reach Gagglestu, I'll bet you they'll leave us. Unless we figure out what's bothering them. Why don't we go have a chat with them? Good luck to you. Do you speak Undercommon? Yes. Oh, well, have a good chat then. Well, I assume that they spoke deep speech or something like that. They can, yeah. But no. Undercommon, you know, it's easier no. for outsiders to learn. Us gnomes are a little secretive, you know. I have noticed that, yes. I'll head over to where they're... More than a couple words out of them, though. I'll head over to them. Pardon me, you two. Uh... You seem to be acting a little... Apprehensive about our point B of this current trip. Is there anything about Gracklesturg that is bothering you that you think maybe we should know about before we blindly blunder into it? They both look up at you, look at each other, and shake their heads no. Hmm. Alright then. Is there anything about anyone in our group of traveling companions that is concerning to you? They once again look at each other, back at you, and nod their heads. Yeah. Sit and lean in a bit. Sit next to them so that my 
they're kind of blocked a little bit from the rest of the group. Anyone in particular you're willing to warn me about? They both look at each other, and and Topsy, the female, says the first words you've ever heard her speak to you. Grayson, can you keep a secret? That's literally the majority of my job up on the surface is keeping secrets for a large group of people who would kill me if I said any of them. She turns back to her brother, nods, and then she turns to you and pulls you in close. I lean in. My brother and I, we have, we have an affliction. Like, chalk it or worse? It's, it's worse. It's most, it's definitely worse. And this affliction is... We're lycanthropes. Rat, bear, boar. I work with a lot of lycanthropes. Rats. Huh. Cute. I've known a few of those. And we're getting closer and closer to the full moon. I didn't know that would affect you this far underground. Oh, it does. In fact, it's worse because you can only tell by your gut feeling. You never know the exact night that it's going to strike. Never see the Hmm. We're pretty sure that we're going to turn sometime in the next few nights. We don't want any of you to be hurt. So you're, oh, so you're some of the ones that can't control will control your actions while you're afflicted? Not even a little bit. Hmm. I see. It's a problem back at our home. Lingdenstone. There are others like us. We were just a little too far outside the city when a raiding patrol struck. Hmm. But we would like to get back to the people we know. At least there we have precautions. Somewhat. Do you know how to get there from here? Or at least from the city we're headed to? Certainly from the city where, where we're headed to. From Grackles, we know how to navigate there. If it's not too much to ask, would you be able to sort of mark it down in sort of small maps and general general directions to get there? <laughs> there are no maps of the Underdark surface. I've been making one, remember. Hmm. Many, many cartographers have tried. Well, we're probably going to be trying to head down and find our uh, mushroom-afflicted friends after we've gotten to the surface, or at least I assume so. And any insight you can give us on to safe passageways or paths to places that would be known landmarks would help us. There are roads to the surface from Blingdenstone. Not certain which surface, surface cities are closest, unfortunately, so... It is rather difficult to find entrances to the Underdark. They're often very carefully concealed or guarded. Oh, that's something I've been worrying about, whether or not any entrances we find here are going to lead us into something terrible, like a volcano. You never know. Hmm. Certainly, uh, if you have a way of contacting us, we could potentially navigate to the surface and try to meet somewhere there so we can guide you down. Or... Willing to stay, you could accompany us to Blingdenstone after we are away for some time. I think that our main goal right now is to get to the surface and try to figure out a, a plan from there. But you I, may be able to do that from Racklestone. But once we've done that, I'll try. To, I'm probably going to try to find a way to get a hold of uh, the ability to cast message and contact people. 
I'll let you know if we need your assistance or if we can provide assistance in return for assistance. We will remember you, Declan. There's one thing I've learned in my many years in my trade, it's that it's good to make as many friends in as many places as you can. And she'll just kind of stick out her little gnome hand for you to shake. I shake it. We'll be gone before you reach Gracklestone. I imagined as much. Alright. Thank you for alleviating my concerns. Of course. And I return back to the main group. Everything okay? Well, everything's fine. They've got their own reasons to be acting the way that they are, and it's nothing to be concerned about. Says the one who talks to himself. I don't talk to myself. Yes, I, you do. I talk to my spider because he understands common. He's shown that. And I talk to my sword because it's a magic item and it talks. It does not talk. Yes, it does. Have his word that he actually spoke to the gnomes. You think I was just standing there, sitting there, staring at him? I wouldn't be surprised at this point. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised that you were actually talking to them. I, I, I believe, I fully believe, you talked to the gnomes. Wonderful. You don't yeah, think they, you don't think they talked back, did do you? <laughs> just, just based on past performance. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy. I, I, I think there is a much higher chance of them talking back to you than most of the things you talk to. Very true. The sword talks to me. Mm-hmm. It's like it. You remember the singing frog? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, a talking sword. I swear it talks. Really, listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a very good frog noise. <laughs> there you go. Turn that out and use it for sound effect later. <laughs> <laughs> the night before you reach Gracklestug, you all... Actually, during the night, Brittany and Eric, you both awaken to the sounds of somebody rustling around with packs. And you both see the gnomes packing up and leaving. Declan, you are on watch. Mm. They kind of arranged that so that you'd see you know, somebody would still be on watch while they left. But Eric, Eric and Brittany, you do see them packing up, and Declan doesn't seem to be doing anything about it. Something we need to know about? We've got somewhere they need to be. Are you just are you saying that with the intent of other people hearing it, or just? No, I'm just that? talking to Declan. No, just just Eric talking from his sleeping bag a few feet away from Declan. Declan alleviating his concerns. Quietly get up and go to them, and like crouch down some like closer to their level. <laughs> they will around, and both of them point their little hand crossbows at you, and then uh, see, like, kind of put them away. I hope you guys travel safely. Thank you for the blueprints. And I'm gonna give them a little bit of my rations. They look down at that. Well, they they raise an eyebrow <laughs> at you, then they gratefully kind of stuff them in the packs. And Topsy, the female one, just says. Thank you. I'm, I'm sorry that we have to part from your company. We appreciate all you did for us, but trust us when we say this is best for everyone. Alright. Don't become spider food. <laughs> and with that, Topsy and Turf, you'll vanish into to a tunnel at a junction. Maybe you come back later? Who knows? So since you're awake, you're going to take over the rest of my watch. No. Gonna curl up in his sleeping bag. Hey! Well, come on in. <laughs> there are things it is safe to crawl into a sleeping bag with. 
Brittany's not on that list. <laughs> no, she is on the very long list of things not to do, yeah. <laughs> well, the next morning, the ground at your feet... I'll read the box text, yay. Um, the ground at your feet has been getting smoother and flatter, a welcome respite from the uneven passages to which you have grown wearily accustomed. Eventually, stone tiles become more noticeable, turning the path into a proper road. You can see spots of light in the distance, blue-white, and two regularly placed to be phosphorescent mushrooms. The lights are proper lamps, flanking two massive stone gates blocking the tunnel. Before you get a chance to examine the intricate carvings on the gate's surface, a harsh voice hisses from a slit on the cavern wall that was not there before. State your names and business, the voice orders in Dwarvish. Other similar slits open, revealing the tips of a dozen crossbow bolts. Behind you, a metallic din announces a group of six heavily armored dwarves appearing out of thin air, their swords leveled at you from behind sturdy metal shields. It's Brittany, and I'm here to be fabulous. In undercommon, I say, I don't know dwarvish. Does, does who understands dwarvish in the party? Eldith. Only Eldith? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know Abyssal. <laughs> no, it's definitely Dwarvish, are, so Eldith is going to be speaking for you. Yeah, apparently so. So she's going to turn and... She, she turns to you all and says, What are we, what, what are we seeing is our story, huh? How are we gonna, are We've we escaped from here? the drow and are trying to get to the surface. Oh, that's a good one. That's the truth. Um, <laughs> greetings there. Um, this, uh, my name's Eldith. These here are... Some fellow, uh, ex-drow prisoners, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, we're on the run, and we're looking for safe haven here. We, we know you you fellas don't have much love for the drow, so why don't you do us a favor and deny them some, some good slave meat, huh? Oh god, she's the worst person to talk. Yes, yes, she is. <laughs> we don't know what she's saying, so... Yeah, you have no idea. But we know it's her, and we know it's bad. And we know how she's saying it. Mm-hmm. And I, she just rolled bad, too, so... I didn't think you could sound sketchy and dwarvish. So anyway, uh, the guard immediately is just, like, is speaking with her, and all of a sudden the door slams. Like, like a, a stone door in the wall, just a piece of stone, slides out of the way, and out steps another dwargar with more, with more box test. Whoa! The Dwergar removes his helmet, revealing the gray skin of his kind. He musses his white beard as he walks closer, switching to common as he lowers his voice. There's a discomforting glint in his eyes and a smile. You are clearly lying. I ought to just send you to the slave pens. But you amuse me. What do you have that's worth your freedom? Dwergar waits for your answer, his gaze touching on each of you in turn as he smiles in anticipation. Um, at this part, Jim Jar is going to go over to Brittany. Yes. To go just listen here. This fellow, I'm familiar with him. Been to Gracklestoop before. Uh, his name's Gorglack. Uh, we're lucky, actually, because he's as corrupt as they come. If you can find something appropriate to bribe him with, I'm certain he'll let us pass. Okay. Well, can you translate for me? Uh, I can certainly try. Okay. But he speaks common, huh? Oh, he... Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> well, in case something doesn't translate well or whatever, you know, I don't know. Okay. So I'll, I'll walk up. 
in all my gold and glory. I'm a famous bard from Surface, and I was wondering if you guys wouldn't mind me performing for you guys. Maybe in a tavern while I'm staying here. I'm sure you guys have the best accommodations here in the Underdark. Persuasion check. Oh, that was almost a natural 20. Um, uh, 14. He, he once again strokes his beard and just says, Oh, that's very, that's very nice. But, uh, you might be able to give me in for free, yeah? Of course. Well, You're welcoming us into your... moments for me, yeah? You're welcoming us to our, your beautiful city. <laughs> okay. I can't resist a pretty face like yours. Oh, tell you what. Tell you what. You meet my friend Words out on the docks. You 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 tell him. You get him uh, information on your venue and where you're performing, and then I'll meet up with him later if he manages to get me into where you're performing and whatnot. All is well and good. If I find out you're lying, I'll find you. And I'll throw you in the slave pits with all the rest of them. Noah, lean in. The most beautiful smile. Very disarming. Very practiced. Would this face lie to you? Um... <laughs> deception check. Oh yes, my specialty. Oh, okay. That's like a two... Oh, that was 20. 30, 20. A 20. He'll... he'll... Alright, alright. Yeah, yeah. It's not like I've ever been lied to by a pretty girl before. <laughs> <laughs> We're no good at lying. <laughs> and, he's, and he turns and is about to signal the guards when he catches Eric on the corner of his eye. And his eye darts down to the sword at Eric's side. And he stops and turns back. That's a mighty fine blade you got there. Why, thank you. Ah, real fine make. I'll bet you stole that off some uh, noble fellow or something. I didn't take it from anyone who's currently missing it. Oh, fighter, huh? I like that, I like that. But, uh, you know, fighters tend to cause trouble in cities and such. Don't know that I can allow a violent type such as yourself into the city gates. Good conscience, you know. Especially when you're armed with such a dangerous blade as that one. I don't start fighting. Oh, you don't say. Well, you know what? I, I'm a great dwarf, you know what? I don't ever do stonework, right? <laughs> uh, really, I'm not sure I can let you pass that, that blade on your hip. Well, what would it take to convince you? Oh, you know, uh, maybe if you were to leave it with my friend Words when a uh, pretty lady goes to talk to him, and I'll keep it in your custody, you know. Where there won't be no trouble. You have a good eye for weaponry. I'll one hand up, draw it by the pommel, thumb and, four, thumb and forefinger, let him look it over, look at the runes on the hilt. You want to get your hands on this blade? Because then you'll be cursed too. Inside check. Eight. <laughs> okay. 
can tell his his eyes are greedy. He does want this, and he's not paying attention to the words you're saying. I'll let it slide back. I will pay a hundred gold for the privilege of carrying my own weapon in your city. Persuasion check. Ah, yeah, this is where it all comes back. Uh, that's a... That's an eleven. Eleven? At that, he's just like, Alright, alright, if that's the way you want to go. Boys, we're taking this one into custody. Arrest and go. Oh, but he's uh, one of my backup dancers, so... I don't care if he's the king of fucking Fyrun. He's going to jail. I turn to look at everyone else. Ladies, gentlemen, I am really sorry. Burning hands! That's all for this episode of Mirth, Sin, and Fire. Our cast is Scott as Eric Severin, Walker as Declan Quinn, and Candace as Brittany. I'm Nick, your DM, signing off until next time. Thank you for listening. For more of me lighting Declan on fire and other fanciful things, visit us at thelayeraction.com. That's thelayeraction.com.